can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. guys and gals, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Heather with Hump Days with Heather on the Talking Pools podcast. So for this episode, I have our lovely employees that are with us. You know, the last couple of weeks we've done the owners, both the male and the female. And so this one is employees of us females. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you and we'll take it from there. So we'll start with Erin. All right. Hello, I'm Erin Loudermilk and um, I'm in Vero Beach, Florida currently. I just moved here a year ago from the Outer Banks of North Carolina, so I'm adjusting to all the difference in that. Um, I've been in the industry for about 18 years now. Awesome. And what is your position with your company? Uh, Currently, I'm working with Skinny Dip Pools and I'm the service manager. So basically, I oversee the routes and I assess any of the service calls and uh, lately, I've been a little bit of all-purpose, so I've done repairs and um, a- as well. So, uh, but we just acquired a new repairman, so that's going to alleviate a lot of my time to focus more on um, getting more clients and just keeping us as efficient as possible and just getting those problems solved as quickly as possible. Yeah, Kristen. Hey there, uh, Kristen McDowell, and. Um, Let's see, I'm currently uh, living in uh, Minnesota, just south of the Twin Cities. Uh, we moved here about a year ago. I've been uh, in California for most of my life. Uh, we moved out there when I was 12. And um, so it was a big change. You talk about, you know, <laughs> making some uh, some adjustments. We had a uh, apparently the worst winter in at, at history, recorded history last year. So, but uh, I didn't. Yeah, it was that bad, but um, so we're we're loving it here. Uh, I do work for Ecolab, which is a uh, you know very very large corporation. Uh, I am in the pool division. Uh, I it's called Aquabalance, and um, uh, I do uh, inbound uh, tech support for both our field uh, reps and for customers. Perfect. So we have a mix. We have office personnel. We have field personnel. I love it. We had a few more people that were supposed to show up on this episode, but unfortunately they cannot because they're having some issues and or they just forgot about it or whatever. I don't know because they don't answer it. But nonetheless, we are going to rock it still. Okay, so how did both of y'all get started in the industry? Um, So I got started as um, I took a for the first time only I took one year off um, when I had my daughter and that was enough. So I was like, I got to find something else to get back out of there and doing. And a friend of mine was like, do you want to come clean pools? And I was like, sure, let me give that a go. So I started cleaning pools for um, on the island on Outer Banks. It's a uh, very tourism. So it's um, uh, rentals is what we call them. So I started cleaning pools for the rentals. And you do that every weekend. It's usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday with a midweek clean. And um, it was a great part-time job that you could kind of just always hold on to. So I just stayed in the business. And then I eventually 
um, acquired accounts where I made relationships with the homeowners and they left that particular real estate company but wanted to keep me. So I ended up acquiring accounts like that. And then eventually I left the real estate company and just did my own private pools. And then I also got recruited to come back and work for a couple companies um, when they were shorthanded. So I've just always kept my foot in the door. And then when we moved to Florida, I was like, there's an abundance of pools. So let me see how their industry is. And I was really excited about um, learning all the new automation and technology because on the Outer Banks with Assault, they just don't invest as much there. I have noticed in the last five years, they're starting to really upgrade pools and they're starting to look a lot more like Florida pools. Um, but still just like, you know, single speed motors, like no automation, you might have a timer box, like that's about as advanced as it is. So, um, learning a lot here and just excited about growing in the industry some more now. Awesome. Crystal, what about you? Well, um, I kind of got into it by accident. I was, uh, you know, in my, my late teens and I needed a job. And so I took a, a customer service position at Jandy. Uh, way back before they were acquired, they were still a private company uh, in Northern California. And, um, uh, you know, I just, I'd been a swimmer all my life, you know, growing up. And so I, it just kind of is, you know, a comfortable place. Um, found that I really like the people in the industry. I like the product, um, you know, and then I even like the, the, you know, the ups and downs, the, you know, busy in the summertime and a little bit, you know, um, off time in the, in the winter. And, uh, um, so, you know, I worked for Jandy for a couple of years and then, uh, met and married a pool guy. And so then we, I started uh, doing pool service. I did pool service for about five years, um, up there in Northern California. And, um, I just started to develop a really bad skin condition, uh, on my hands and I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, so then I just started looking for other opportunities in the pool business. I wanted to stay in the pool business. And, um, so then I went to, uh, I did, um, remodel sales for a plaster company. Uh, we did full remodels, you know, plumbing and everything. And, um, from there I went to, um, uh, into sales with Hayward, um, and then Biolab. Um, and then I was also a service manager down in Southern California when we moved down there for a few years. Um, and then I started with, um, uh, Ecolab. Um, I've been with Ecolab about three years total at this point. Um, you know, did a lot of repairs and, you know, and, uh, and all that. So, um, you know, really by accident, but it's been, I am 30 plus years that I've been in the industry. I'm actually a, a CPO instructor as well. So I do, uh, do, you know, do certification. So it's, you know, it's just been a great industry. I just love the camaraderie. I love the, you know, how we all help each other out and, um, you know, I just really like the industry. So I do have a question, Kristen. Did you meet your husband at Jandy? <laughs> you know what? He was a customer um, and he he, uh, he would call in and he was just over, you know, he's just not too far from the office. So just kind of uh, did a blind uh, date and uh, yeah, relationship but, going on. I'm not married to that guy anymore. <laughs> oh, damn. But, I, but I have a new fabulous husband who's also in the pool industry. And I met him. He was a uh, ops manager at uh, SCP when I was uh, uh, in sales for uh, Hayward. And he bought a lot of phantoms. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we just stay within our own damn industry? Just, so yeah, crazy. it just makes sense. He knows, you know, we understand, you know, what we're going through on a day to day basis. And so right. I will have to say that is cool so my husband when we moved to Florida ended up falling into working for a pool company as well now and See? it was it was quite nice to come home and be like yeah how was that today 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. And she actually works for Ecolab too. So, you know, we kind of really understand what we're going through on a day-to-day basis. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. So like for Chris and I, you know, you, I'm sure you know our journey. I'm sure you saw my live Kristen on, on, you know, the group and it's, it's totally different going from owning your own business to an employee. Right. And Mm -hmm. for Chris and I, it's super duper hard because like we're used to being the boss. We're used to having everybody in line. We're used to Mm -hmm. divvying out what we're supposed to do every day. And then like for me, I, so the company that I work for is my, the president, my boss, because there's only one person above me. And he's like, so Heather, there's been some concern already that you're kind of out of your lane. You're in all these different departments. <laughs> I'm like, I know because all these different departments are like fucking up and I need to get them in line. Right. We need to, we need to have this process. We have this procedure down. They need to understand what happens here. But, you know, he's like, I get that, but I need you to focus on this and then we can work on the other ones. I'm like, you know, that is I'm such a multitasker. Like, let me just do it. And so, and you know, with Chris, you know, the position that he started is, they're like, how do you, you know, how do you not have all this down already? You know, but it's new because this is like a brand new company, right? And so he's, you know, starting to do the same processes and procedures that he had with ours. And so it's going definitely from a business owner to an employee is a big culture shock, especially after about, you know, 18, 20 years of doing it yourself. And so it's tough. And so it's always nice to have that now since we're not working together and we're not together 24-7 like we're used to being, which is very hard for us. It's, you know, we're coming home like, okay, so did you have bitch customers today? Was your day good? Like, how was your day? Because we don't know anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's like, I don't, if he calls me throughout the day, I can't always answer, you know, vice versa. He's like, why are are you ignoring me? And I'm like, I'm not. I'm (laughs) like Monday, I've got like seven or eight interviews back to back to back to back, plus all my meetings, plus still doing my job. You know what I mean? So it's just like. So I just shared my calendar with him. I'm like, look, these are the times that I'm not available. So you just go on my calendar if I'm answering and you can see if I'm busy. <laughs> so because I'm just like, God, that's definitely a, a different thing. So as an employee, what struggles have you encountered and how have you overcome it? Whether it be with, you know, like as a rep sending me the stupid ass dick pics, right? Like it would be. That it would be. Oh yeah, I don't know if you saw listen to that. Episode, that. that no. was, yeah, you should go back. I think it's like four weeks ago, maybe on my. Oh, episode. Wow. So uh, that's definitely a hard left from what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> um, as an employee, not being in the position I'm in now, where I have more control of uh, service issues, but when I was just strictly an employee working for other companies and not involved in any management of it at all. The biggest struggle is reporting equipment issues and getting someone out there to address it so you can continue to do your job properly. That was always my biggest struggle with all the companies I worked for. That's a huge one. How to overcome them is uh, I like, you know, if it was something I could fix, I, of course, would take the time to fix. Um, but otherwise I became the squeaky wheel. Like I would just annoy you. I'm going to call you every time I go to that place. and I'm going to continue to tell you that it has not been addressed. And then when you have a customer that complains, I'm also going to say, there's nothing I can do until you fix it. <laughs> so, but that was always my biggest, um, gripe. And in, in isn't being- that, isn't that funny though? How, like when we tell customers like, Hey, this is wrong or this is broken 
And then two, three weeks later, oh, you never told me that. And then you have to go back in your voice recordings or your emails or your text message and say, yes, I did. Yeah. Your response either ghosted me, you never responded, or you told me no. So I think also where I was at, the what made it even more complicated is there's a third party involved. So most of these homes are being um, managed by a property management. So you have to report it to the property management. Then they have to get in touch with the homeowner. And so... You know, two weeks goes by and the pool's still leaking tremendously. And they're like, oh, well, the homeowner doesn't want to fix it. And I'm like, this is your company. So you boot them if they don't want to have their equipment up and running or their house up to par. And it just never seemed to get anywhere. So when I did start my own company, that was just something that was, I told them right up front. If there's issues with the pool, they have to be addressed. There's not going to be like a, oh, I don't want to fix it kind of deal. <laughs> or I'm not going to maintain your pool because I can't do it properly. Yeah. But yes, yeah, but then directly with clients um, here, it's one, it's one extreme or the other. They wanted it fixed yesterday <laughs> or, you know, they'll let it go two or three weeks. I had a pool that sat for six months without a pump. And I was like, every month, I'm like, what are we doing? I'm going to, we have to stop servicing this pool. Right. Another frustration sometimes of being an employee is you're not the owner. So you don't get to make that executive decision and you can, uh, you can suggest it, but it doesn't always happen. 100%. And then it's, then it's a whole bustle of he said, she said stuff. And then it's just pick your battles kind of deal. But I mean, it was never really like tending to the pool. That was ever a struggle. It was always just keeping getting the repairs done when needed. Well, Kristen, what about you? Well, it's going to be a common theme with, you know, with control. I mean, I've, you know, also, you know, been an owner um, a few times and, you know, gone back and forth between being an owner and being an employee. And yeah, it's like, you know, my big thing is I, I like things done right. And I like the, you know, everybody to have as much knowledge and education as possible and when they just tell you oh well that's not our scope that's for the training department to do you know it's just really frustrating to me and you know about all I can do is you know every call I get is try to give as much education as possible and most of them are very you know thankful and you know appreciative that you know that you know they're getting this extra knowledge of not just what went wrong but why it went wrong and how you can, you know, avoid issues like that in the future. Cause you know, they're all, you know, pressed for time and they're all got, you know, long lists of things that they have to do. You know, they got to go out to this pool three or four times, you know, when they could have fixed it the first time, uh, you know, it's really frustrating for them. So yeah, I just, it's control and it's being able to, you know, to, to steer, you know, the direction of, you know, of, uh, you know, of, of the department of the company, um, you know, and then you get down to just like, well, all I can do is all I can do. And, you know, so. Yeah. So it's, you, that point where, like, you, you're like, I can only care as much as the, that's right. The yeah. That is, yeah. And whether that's a homeowner or, the, you yeah. know, the boss or the whole corporation, you know, it, it just, it's like, okay, well, I just, you know, do what I feel is right. And, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, then take the reprimand late, right? It's better it's better to do what you feel in your heart is right than ask for <laughs> forgiveness, right? Right. <laughs> yes. That's kind of my yeah. deal. So I had my first board meeting um with this company last Tuesday and Wednesday at a in West Palm Beach. And before we even went there, like my boss my boss has only known me for a week. 
like a week, but it doesn't take long to know. I have a very big mouth and I'm not afraid to use it. Right. Everybody that meets me instantly knows. And he told me he was like, so, Heather, this is your first board meeting. I need you just to talk for your 10 minutes. Well, we ask you these three questions. This is what you're going to go over for your marketing and sales manager position. And and then you're done. And then we'll just carry on the conversation. He goes, so just take it back and just listen and just go over your three things. and Nothing more. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can do that. My 10 minutes turned into two and a half hour long conversation. <laughs> yeah. And afterwards, I asked him, I was like, so how pissed off at me are you? <laughs> I'll apologize now. He's like, actually, I'm not. He goes, so the board rolled with it. So I was totally fine because we went off in the deep end on a bunch of shit. Yeah. It was like me getting in like a, you know, like a pissing match, so to say, with, you know, a certain individual. And because I just... I'm an honest person, you know, for the most part, I try to be. And I'm like, when I see people taking advantage of people that don't know something, whether it's a homeowner taking advantage of, you know, a, a new cleaner or, you know, a new cleaner taking advantage of a homeowner that doesn't know nothing, I don't care what it is. I'm going to speak my mind and I'm going to call you out on it, but I'm also going to prove why I think I'm right versus you. Yeah. And this particular individual couldn't his face just white as a ghost when he saw it was me because we already had it out on the phone a couple of days ago. And before the for me, he didn't know I was going to be there. And my boss was like, did you notice? Like, cause we were all there in person, the whole board and I, there was about 15 of us in the room. And then on the zoom call, there was, you know, them and a couple of other people. And I'm not paying attention to zoom. I'm focused on the people that's in front of me. And he was like, did you notice like on the zoom call when he saw it was you? He white ghosted his face. His whole demeanor just instantly changed. And it was, I'm like, no, I didn't even look at the Zoom. He's like, oh, I was focused on him because it was hilarious when you were going, you know, into the conversations that you were going into. I was just like, yeah, well, whatever. It, it happens. I don't know. So what is the best part about being an employee? Good question. <laughs> That's a hard one, though, right? Because it's like, hmm. Well, ideally, the you know, I got a lot of people saying, um, well, why didn't you start your own pool business when I moved here? Uh, the most obvious reason was I'm brand new here. I've never really been in this area ever other than um, to come on vacation. So I just felt that that was very ambitious to just come here and try to start a business that I really knew nothing about and how the industry was in Florida. I did not do that much research before we moved here. We didn't plan it out years in advance. So it was kind of a whim thing. Um, so I guess the um, best part of being an employee that was my plan was I was going to strictly work, you know, the hours, you know, so for me, um, in my position and with most pool companies, you kind of get to have uh, your choice of hours flexibility wise. I mean, there's a time range you need to get your stuff done. So I like to work seven to three. And um, ideally in my head, that meant like I was going to work seven to three and come home and my phone wasn't going to ring and you know, whatnot. But uh, wishful thinking. And then the other thing is that you have to you have to have these relationships with your clients. And so you have to relinquish your phone number. So, yeah, the phone. Like I've gotten three or four messages over the weekend and I am still working more kind of like I am an owner. 
But ideally still, I guess the best part of being an employee is I'm not responsible <laughs> of the company to that degree. So um, I'll well, always... That's where, that's where the VoIP phones come into play too, because you got to realize, and I know this is something, you know, you know, people are getting into, which we have VoIP and it's, it's a game changer. I don't ever give out our personal cell phone number, period, unless I know you personally. Um, even, even the people that I meet at my pool and spa shows, you know, from my speaking engagements and from my CPO, CPO classes and CPI classes, you know, they get my VoIP number because it, it's set on a time, Monday through Friday, you know, eight to six or nine to four, whatever company it is. And it shuts off. And I, I'm sorry, family time is family time. Hey. Chris was telling me about that because that was something I told him, like, I've been I've been requesting for at least six months. Like, can you just get me an additional number? I don't need mm-hmm. a new phone. Just get me. Because also, I'm not going to give up my phone number that I've had for 25 years that is not local here. So do I get very responsive people? Like, every time I call, I usually have to leave a voicemail because I have this area code. So I was like, just give me a local number. We can put it on the website, but then I could set up a voicemail for it. You know, it says what my hours are and when I can get back to you and whatnot. But as yeah. of right now, that part that I thought was going to be great hasn't, <laughs> hasn't been so much. But I would say ultimately just knowing that, like, I'm always going to represent whatever company I work for like I own it. But I do like not having the responsibility of being the owner when, it, when, when everything really comes down to the nit and gritty. Right. So, Kristen, how do you feel about that? Because I know you work for a much larger corporation, you know, right. versus Aaron is a lot smaller yeah. outfit. And mm-hmm. so because of that, y'all actually have set hours where you don't have to deal with this, you know, after hours for the most part. Yeah. Most part. Well, in in this particular position, that that is the case. Um, you know, I mean, the phones like I get it there at like 815 and the phones literally shut off at five o'clock. So, yeah. you know, so we go home. But in the previous position I was in at Ecolab, I was a field rep. And, you know, so I was, and I was handling the, it's the hospitality industry. So it was restaurants and hotels and uh, nursing homes. And, um, you know, and so there was a lot of, you know, I never knew when I was going to get home, you know, and I could be turning down the street that I lived on and the phone rings and well, I'm going 45 minutes back. That was literally me on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. From home. Yeah. Yeah. Home two and a half hours yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. And so this position that I'm in right now, you know, it is very, you know, very structured with the time. Um, but I, I will say, you, you know, in, in both of the positions, you know, the huge benefit is benefits, is medical benefits. We have incredible benefits at, at uh, Ecolab. Um, your benefits start the day you, the first day you start. There's no waiting period and it's just the medical and the dental and the vision and, and 18 days off a year, just, you know, off the bat. And then after five years, you get an extra week. And, you know, so, and, and there are a lot of resources um, and it is because it's a larger company. I worked for um, uh, smaller companies, you know, down in Southern California, I worked for a, a service company and it was, uh, I think there were probably 50 or 60 people um, that worked there. And so, you know, they had okay benefits. Um, but there was still a lot of, you know, you know, late night calls and weekend calls and, you know, that, uh, um, you know, that you were expected to, to respond to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, and then being just a, being able to take time off, you know, you talk about family time is family time and, you know, running a service route, if you're the only person there, if you're a single operator, 
you know, you tell them, okay, I'm going to take a vacation in August and, you know, I'm not going to come out and they all want a discount or they all want, you know, they, or they want somebody to come out, you know, you know, just you hire somebody for the day, you know, for the week. So yeah, uh, that was, that was the most difficult part of, of being an employee, you know, being an owner, uh, you know, as a single operation. Yeah, I would say that that also is the benefit is uh, owning my own company. I always had to arrange to have mm-hmm. some, um, cover for me. And then you yeah. want to make sure you have someone that's going to be up to par to you. Yeah. And, and, and do things like you would do. Upset anybody. Yeah. yeah. And even go, even going to pool shows. I mean, we used to go to the Monterey show all the time and the Western show, you know, and the one in Vegas. But, you know, it's like. I'm doing something for the homeowner's benefit and it's like, well, let's just go clean my pool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I do get vacation. I'm going to go on vacation. Uh, This I'm going to leave for a week. So that is, uh, that would also Mm -hmm. be one of the big perks of someone, a company that is able to cover. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you don't have to do the bookkeeping. Right. And we just acquired our our repair guy. So I get to leave and actually have peace of mind and know that I'm not going to have multiple messages and voicemails. Oh, you know, or come back a week later to a huge workload and have to play catch up for two weeks. Right. Right. Exactly. So as an employee, though, if you were just an employee, right, because a lot of these owners, I mean, as an owner, like even when I do my even when I do my business coaching, the number one thing that I tell my owners is you can't ever assume that your employees are going to work even a quarter hard as you are. You just can't assume that mm-hmm. they don't own the companies. They don't have the same milk in the game. Right. So to say they don't care about your clientele as much as you do. And so as employees, what is your what is your, I guess, vision on that. Like if an owner comes to you and is like, hey, why isn't your productivity up here to mine? Why? Like Aaron's is, you know what I mean? But outside of like her personality, right? What would you say, Kristen, as far as that? Well, um, I, I mean, again, in the position that I'm in, you know, there, there really is no I mean, everybody's, we're all one big team and mm-hmm. calls come in and we all, you know, whoever's next up in the queue gets the call. So, you know, so there really isn't, I mean, yeah, there's little issues but here and there, but um, for the most part, you know, there's, you know, we have metrics that we have to meet. Um, now, in my previous position, when I was a service, you know, uh, technician, you know, there were different, you know, um, you know, people on the team, sometimes some just, you know, didn't give a rat's ass and just, you know, we'd have to cover their territory from time to time. And, you know, people just bitch and moan about, oh, this guy hasn't been here for three months. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, I'm really sorry, but I'm just here to fix this one thing here. You know, so um, it was, it was frustrating, but, um, you know, and then the boss of, you know, would have a meeting and say, hey, you know, you're, you're covering this area, but you know, but you're, you know, we got to do this area too. And it's just, it was, you know, it was a lot to juggle. Um, but, uh, you know, I still ran it as my own, my own company, you know, and, you know, kind of like Aaron, where you get, you're able to, you know, you're able to pick kind of our own hours as long as we got the job done. Right. Um, but, um, um, but I, I still, I still use, you know, treated it as my own company and, you know, not everybody on the team did. And I just said, you know what, I'm just going to do my little thing here. And it, you know, what you do over there is going to be your business and it's going to be, you're going to be called on the carpet at some point for it. 
I will have to say, I think, um, you know, there are those employees that, like, no matter who they work for, what the position is, like, mm-hmm. there's just those employees who don't care. They're there to collect a paycheck no matter right. what. Um, but uh, I will have to say, as an employee and being an employee that has a unique characteristic of always, which was just instilled in me by my grandfather, I worked with him. And he was like, I don't care if you're a plumber or a janitor. Like, if you're a janitor, your toilet better be the cleanest, prettiest toilet, you know, mm-hmm. in the city. And that's just what he always drilled in my head. So, but yeah. what I have noticed is um, a lot of times it is based on the empl- the owner, too. Like, if I come in, I'm gung-ho. I used to always say I give 110%. You know, I'm a lot older now, so I'm, I'm right around 100%. I, I don't give the extra <laughs> But um, when I meet someone that I feel like isn't giving their 100%, it starts chipping away at mine. Mm-hmm. So. Especially as an owner. Like, owners, like, you have got to. They have to lead got by example. to lead by example. Like, these absent owners. If Now, if your business is set up and you have processes and procedures and employees in place to be able to do that while you, the owner, is gone, great. Absolutely. That's but, totally different. But, but if you're, you're the owner front-heading it, your team's looking up to you 100%. 100%. So sometimes I do believe that that is an aspect of why some employees don't always give it their whole go. Um, I hate seeing a really good employee be beat down and just kind of lose their their losses for it. But, um, yeah. But, but, you know, even at, you know, back when I was an owner and even when I was a service manager, there were times where somebody wasn't, you know, pulling their own way. They weren't, you know, showing up when they were supposed to show up and they did a half ass job when they were there. Um, you get to the point where just like, you know what, you're not interested in doing yeah. this. You're not, you know, we're going to have to, you know, I, I fired a bunch of people, you know. Well, and, and that's because you're only as strong as your weakest link. So right. you have a right. team of 12 it, yeah. people and 11 of them are amazing, but you have that mm-hmm. one weak link and it's just dragging. Yeah, and, it, and it drags everybody down. It yeah. absolutely drags everybody down. Mm-hmm. Hands down it does and it's crazy so as an employee just one thing what would you want to see changed in your personal workplace i'd like to see an interest in education and training and um you know because like i said before there's you know there's best practices and um you know not everybody and it's not necessarily the employee's fault you know, the, you know, the company needs to give them the, the training and the education that they need. And, you know, and I can jump up and down and I've done it where I just, you know, I said, Hey, you know what, create a position for me where I can do this. And so, but they just, hmm, no, we're just going to keep doing this. So that's, so that's interesting. You say, cause on the girl ownership that we did on the podcast, um, they, you know, they were really, really big on educating the employees and the men, while they thought education was important, the women harped on it. Right. And the men were like, oh, it's important. And then kind of moved past it. So that, that's why I did like the men and women, because it's interesting going back and forth between each one just to see their mindsets different. And then as an employee. So, yes, we do. We do want that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I would probably say the same thing. I was really surprised that um, you are not required to have your CTO license to be a pool technician. Well, for you, commercial, you are. Correct. But for residential, you work umbrella under the person. Right. So, um, and, and you 
pointed out the exact like, point is it's talked about a lot, additional training. However, it's not provided or mm-hmm. there's like it's talked about, oh, well, so-and-so does this training. We should do it. We should do it. We should do it. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But then nothing happens. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, in California, they, they don't require, even for commercial, they don't require CPO. I did not know that. It's horrendous. It, it made me so mad because it's like, you know, I, you know, I take pride in this industry. Kind of pretty, it, it feels like it kind of like dumps down the industry when they do that as well, because um, I'm like, this is actually, you know, it, it is complicated. It's like a chemistry, mm-hmm. you know, they, they really need the education. You can say, use this chemical to do this. But like, if you don't understand it or you don't yeah. understand what problems it will cause, yeah. it, it just doesn't rhyme with them. Yeah. Well, it, it gives you the baseline. It gives you, everyone's got the same, you know, basic knowledge and yeah, things are done a little bit differently. I mean, the, you know, the old saying in the pool industry is, you know, you ask 10 pool guys and you get 11 opinions. One hundred percent. You know, and so, you know, there are different ways of doing things. I'm not saying it's, you know, there's only one way to do something, but you know, with the CPO, you get that base knowledge. Everybody has the same base knowledge, you know, and then you go from there. But, you know, I think in California, the lobbies for, you know, hotels and um, apartment complexes push back against it because they're, it's more expensive to get somebody. It's, you know, you've got to make sure that you're picking up still hold the those people accountable though if someone were to get a rash or whatever and yeah but you know and there's you know there's insurance but you know bottom line is that the you know the hotel is going to be the one ultimately responsible because okay. it's you know this is their property the only the only um exception was in LA county you needed to have a, a technician's license which i tell you was at least twice as hard as the CPO test it it was tough That's and more on the me- the mechanics of the... Um, they would ask you weird questions like, what is the chemical used to test cyanuric acid? Like, oh, okay. Do, oh, for the need, reagent? Yeah. Do we need to know that? How about just the bottle that says cyanuric acid reagent? Yeah, I was like, so we're testing the bottles that are labeled? <laughs> yes. And by the way, it's melamine. <laughs> I had to look it up afterwards. But, um, and, and I tell you that because it's so hard and because it was, I don't know, like $200 to take the test, there was not a lot of compliance. And, you know, if your pool was not inspected more than, you know, once every two years, you can get away with it of not having one. So. It's insane. Well, yeah. it's good that you are kind of on the same thing. All right. So if you were looking to increase your happiness, what would it be? Happiness in the in the in the workplace. Place. As an employee. Um, as an employee, I guess it would be to continue to get paid more. <laughs> <laughs> Money always <laughs> talks. Who doesn't want that? I know. Yeah. I'm out in the field, so there's not a lot to complain about. I mean, I guess the only thing is, like, uh, not as hot of a summer as we had this past summer. Like, Girl, go to Texas. I don't want to hear that shit. Go to Texas. I mean, we didn't have – our tires weren't melting to the road like in Texas, but <laughs> – I'm I'm from an island with or Arizona. I'm sure Arizona ocean. And New Mexico is pretty bad too. But you know, I, I think it goes back to the control. You know, being able to you know control your destiny, being able to control you know what's going on in the you know within the industry, and um, you know how we're reacting to it. Um, you know, and and being able to use some creativity. I mean, it's you know as far as 
you know, how you're going to solve problems, how you're going to do, I don't know, you can do special projects and, um, you know, to help the company. But uh, that would that would make me personally more, you know, a little happier. Hey there, hardworking contractors. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Look no further than Integrity Consultants, your partner in success. Imagine having a coach who's not just a textbook expert, but a seasoned contractor with over 15 years of hands-on experience in the field. That's right. We understand the challenges you face because we have been there too. Our tailored coaching programs are designed to help you master the art of business from winning bids to boosting profits. We'll guide you through proven strategies that actually work in the real world. But it's not just about the numbers. We're here to help you build a thriving business that brings you joy and freedom. With Integrity Consultants, you'll gain the confidence to make those tough decisions and steer your company towards greatness. Join our community of successful contractors that's transformed their business with the expert guidance of Integrity Consultants. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. Ready to turn your dreams into reality? Visit our website at integrity-consultants.com and go to the client intake form or call or text us at 214-427-5803 to schedule your free consultation. Integrity Consultants, where your success story begins. Invest in yourself today and watch your business soar. interesting complete opposite end so that's good <laughs> I love it I and mean, that's why we do it because like for me when I owned you know my company for my employees I would on my intake form it states what do you need for your happiness in this position mm-hmm. like something I don't remember exact wordage but it was something like that and then I also put do you basically like do you like recognition do you like time off do you like pay time off do you like to bring your spouse to work day do you like you know whatever it was to make them better in the position. And I've had some kind of pretty unusual requests. Like we do, we did all kinds of, I I guess, quote unquote, um, like sell, like sales, especially we did sales quotas, we did customer service quotas, we did, you know, everything to make recognitions where they could earn whatever they put on that sheet. So we had one individual that was like, I just want my full time going instead of being here at eight to get here at nine thirty and then getting off at my normal time, but still get paid for that as if I'm here. Um, and that was because she was having a hard time getting the kids from school and then getting here on time. And then, you know, and so I was like, well, first off, why didn't you ask me about this? You know, beforehand, I would have easily accommodated that because I understand. And then we could have adjust some schedules. But she's like, no, because I don't, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm outed because I'm, I'm a single mom and I'm having to do it all myself and I, I can still do it. And I'm like, OK, I get this. She goes, so I want to earn it. I was kind of thrown back by that because most, you know, employees are like, I don't want to earn it. I want you to give, give, give. Like lately, that's kind of what it's been. Right. And so and I've had one person that like, oh, I, I want a plaque with my name on the wall or I want to throw a party for the company and I want to be, you know, introduced as the top salesman you know, at that quarter or whatever. I mean, some, we've had some wild things kind of come through and it's been interesting because you never know what people want, right? As an employee and it's great to know. And as employers, like it's their duty to be able to find out what makes them happy. 
because like when I do all these business coaches and I go through each department, I talk to every department together and then I separate them, you know, separate. And I'm like, okay, now that we've had our group discussion, it's time to get really to the nitty gritty one-on-one. Are you happy here? What do you not like here? What do you want to change? You know, vice versa. If you could, if you were the owner, what would you do, you know, in this department and vice versa? And it's so fun to learn and to see everybody's responses there's some that's the same but for the majority they're off the wall all different right and it's great i i love it because it's like their happiness is it's either super easy to accomplish or it's super off the wall and i love the super off the wall ones because it makes it fun i'm not the owner of the company but i take it upon myself since i run the the routes and everything i i'm with i'm talking to the guys the most so i make it a point to always check in with them and make sure that they're happy and kind of ask them what's going to make their day easier. And I constantly remind them I'm here to help you guys. So like, you know, don't stress yourself out. Like I'm, I'm here to make your day easier so that we're all happy at the end of the day. Um, But I think it is super important as an owner to constantly check in with your employees. If they're good employees, you know, I, I believe so much in like taking care of good employees and trying to keep, good employees. I hate watching good employees leave because then the chances of getting that employee again are not always great. So yeah, agreeable. I, I like so, that you had that in your intake form. That's unique. You don't see I, that. No, unique. you you don't. I, I've never met a company that's not like, because even when we got here, I probably interviewed with like 10 different people when we got here in, in a week's time. And they all wanted to hire, you know, me or Chris, you know, on the spot because nobody has our stuff and like none of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, None of us, none of it was on their intake that, I mean, that was one of my questions. Like, do you have on your intake paperwork? What do you give to your employees? That was one of my interview questions that I gave to them. And they're like, Oh, I'm not used to that. I'm like, I know you're not because that just tells me you don't really care about your employees kind of deal. And so the position that I took, it didn't pay me exactly what I wanted up front, but it will in the long term. And, you know, I look at that and I, you know, we had the conversation with him because he was like, well, why did you, why did you choose me over the other companies? Because he knew all the other companies I interviewed with. He's like, those are great companies. Like why? And they could easily pay you, you know, what you wanted. I was like, I said, because for me, it's about taking care of your employees and it's making sure that we are valued and appreciated as an employee. You know, the same with that I do my own employees. You know, I, everyone on the knows we value them and we appreciate them. So that was what attracted me to uh, Skinny Dip was the, you know, it it appeared that that was one of more the important factors to him. And, yeah. and so far, I'm, I'm very happy with, you know, how he's treated us and um, and he does check in and I get to report back and kind of, you know, he he's willing to accommodate to try to keep these guys happy, too. Good. And as employees, we have to be open and honest with our employers, right? If something's bothering you, hopefully they have an open door policy and you're not going to get punished for it. Or, you know, if somebody's harassing you, you can come forward and, you know, come to it. Like for me, we had, we had one of my office personnel that we hired come to work in a stripper outfit, like no shit. I'm not even joking. There's, you know, big stiletto stripper shoes and a hooker skirt and a tube top. My, my she, was a cl- she was a cleaning pool in that. <laughs> no, she was my off. She was my front office receptionist. She and didn't have time to change from the night before. See, that's exactly what I was thinking. And she hasn't office- been home yet. <laughs> oh my god! My office manager wasn't even on the office yet, but my general manager was, and he's probably like in his upper forties at the time. 
he calls me and he's like, hey, Heather. And then about that time, Cassandra walks in, which is my office manager, and she looks at her and she's got the authority to handle this, but she doesn't do it. I don't know why, but she did it. But she, but my office general manager calls me and he's like, um, where are you at? I'm like, I'm probably about, you know, 30 minutes away. I'm headed to Joe Blow's job. I don't remember where I was going. He's like, you need to come in and you need to come in now. And I'm like, why? He goes, just trust me. I don't have words. You need to get here. And for him to be speechless. And no, is, nobody else, nobody else would confront her, but. They had to have uh, you come a they, half an hour away. They didn't want a sexual harassment issue kind of deal because yeah. they're and all you, men. And you have to be, you do have to be very careful these days. Yeah, um, that is true. Yeah. So I got that, you know, I understood that because it was like two men were in the office. My you know, office manager wasn't there, but when she got there, I'm like, why didn't you just address this? Like send her ass home and blah, blah, blah. You know, she's like, I don't, I've never had to deal with this. I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do. So I get there and I'm like, do you really think this is appropriate to wear to work? First off, do you really think like, use your head here, use your head. Well, I just, I thought it was sexy. I'm like, are we in a sexy? It is. That's not the question about whether it's sexy or not. You are correct. (laughs) Are we in a sexy business? I mean, I get sex sales. However, (laughs) go home and change. She goes home, comes back. Legit spaghetti or strap shirt on, super tight, still hookers, hooker skirt, and hooker boots this time, or something, something along those lines. You know, I don't remember exactly, but somewhere along those lines. Wow. I'm like, her name was Stephanie. I'm like, Stephanie, are you fucking kidding me? Because my GM calls me again. Heather, she's back. Okay, great. Make sure she works. What do you, I don't, I'm in the field. Deal with it. He's like, no, no, Heather. She needs to go home again. I said, so send her ass home and tell her not to come back. Snap a picture and send it to me. Like, I ain't snapping a picture of that shit. <laughs> that could actually get you in trouble, too. <laughs> I was like, put in her, because we document it, we write her up, we put it in the file. Um, And I'm just like, just send her home and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they handled it. But it's just funny. Anyway, so definitely. So as an employee, what do you think that you could do or your, you know, boss could do to improve your product? Activity. What could our boss do to increase our productivity? Ah, let's see. That's a good one. Um, right now for our company, um, well, it, I guess the question is, what can my boss do for me to increase my productivity? Yes, you. Correct. Yeah. So let me think about that in that aspect. Um. I, I, because I was uh, kind of being the all purpose, I have a really wonky setup. So right now my, I've been requesting a new setup. I've been, um, I had a van so that I could have all of the uh, repair materials with me, but I also am out, um, doing like, you know, problem pools, pools that turn green or startup pools or pools that are just not staying balanced for whatever reason. So I do do a lot of, cleaning and having chemicals um so i don't have the riptide cart i have mine is like all disassembled and i have to like drag this wagon around so for me personally i just need a more efficient setup and i think he's working on that currently so um that'll that'll be really helpful um at first it was more of like organization and um i i 
I have a habit of always having my day planned before I step out the door. So something that's hard for me is when my boss is like throwing stuff at me and I already had seven jobs planned and now I have like four more that are not anywhere near. So um, that's also something I've been working on is just trying to get him to like look at my schedule and then let the customer know instead of saying, oh, I'll have someone out there in an hour saying, you know, um, we'll do our best to be out there today. But, you know, someone will most definitely be there by tomorrow to just give me a little bit more room to kind of organize because I'm also trying to be efficient and not like waste gas. And yeah, because you don't always have to be at those. I mean, they're not in mercy. The pool is not coming out of the ground. It's not popping. Out I the know it's not an emergency, you but know. my owner is a new, um, new in the industry too. And, um, I get a sense of like wanting to please the customers, uh, a lot more than like thinking about how realistic that is. Yeah. So that's just something I've been working on. Cause like, exactly. Like, uh, he, he made a comment one day, he called me on a Friday and was like, I really need this pool light done. It's kind of an emergency. And I'm like, the pool light's an emergency? Like, is is it like shocking people? Like, what's going on? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, it's Friday. Like, if it was an emergency and it's been an issue, why didn't they call on Monday or Tuesday? <laughs> and it was like, oops, they did. I've just kind of, you know, we've been so busy and now I'm telling you about it. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> so <clears throat> we're just like working on that's just one of the things I want to work on is to make me more efficient would be to have all that information as soon as it's brought in and to communicate with the customers better that like in this day and age, everybody wants everything like instantly, you know, everything's supposed to be instantly and you know, you're doing the best you can and you got to prioritize like your pool light is not an emergency. It will go to the list accordingly, but I wouldn't perceive that as an emergency. Yeah. If it's not shocking you. Yeah. Hands yeah. down. Yeah. If it's just the bulb needs replaced, I, I mean, I'm sorry, put your porch light on tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it for me as far as uh, just making me more efficient, I guess. Yeah. And, and for us, it's, you know, it, you know, it's hard to say you can't really increase production that much on, on inbound phone calls. It's just, they call when they call. Um, I mean, there are times where, you know, it's, it's almost like retail where you don't know when people are coming in. You don't know, um, you know, when you get a phone call, how long the phone call is going to be. And so, um, you know, there's really not much we can do about taking more phone calls because if we're all on phone calls, then there's people going to sit on hold. Um, they can make somebody available to kind of jump in, you know, in those times where really, you know, I've got, you know, five or six calls on hold. Um, you know, but I think, I think the key really, at least from from my perspective is having better documentation on the equipment that we have and the troubleshooting standard operating procedures, best practices, where we can just refer to that instead of sometimes we've got to dig through a lot of information to try and find, you know, this specific, you know, issue that the controller is having or something like that. So having, you know, better, um, you know, that's the uh, information that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you know, process and procedures, and to be able to pull it mm-hmm. up and more documentation. Right. To be able yeah, to and and help. they've you know the the um the people who were there when I first started a year ago, one's been there for almost twenty years. The other one was there for I think seven or eight years, and then the other one was for like five or six years. So they kind of just all knew this stuff. And me coming in, they didn't really have. A, and they still don't have a, you know, a, a training process, 
you know, going from this controller, that controller, this equipment, that equipment. Um, I mean, I already had this chemistry down because that was my thing. But, um, but these, you know, these particular controllers are, are very specific. And so, you know, there wasn't and there's still not a planned training process for new employees. And now we have two new employees um, and, you know, we're going through the same thing with, you know, oh, I forgot how to do this. How do we do this? Well, if we had a page you could turn to in a training book, you, you know, you wouldn't be stuck. And then, you know, the phone calls would be faster. So those are called SOPs in the business world, right? Yep. And you should be able to just hand an individual Mm -hmm. an SOP with detailed information and they should be able to do their job efficiently, not you know, a hundred percent hands off. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. And that's the, the discussion that I've been having with them for at least the past six, eight months. And, you know, it, I've been working on it, but then it's hard to work in between phone calls because, you know, you never know how long of a lag time you're going to have. It could be right. you get another call right away, or you could be not doing anything for five or 10 minutes or up to so five you, minutes. What you're saying is to make it happen though, it's like your responsibility to get that prepped and prepared, which I find that happens a lot when I'm an employee as well. It's like, yes. okay, so I, w- I want us to implement this, but to get it implemented, you now have to squeeze that in and top of your. Right. And you know, if they would give me like three hours off to do exactly. that. <laughs> to knock it out. Like, I could you're, work on it. They work on it. But yeah, but you're going to need way more than three hours for an Yeah. Episode. Well, I mean, three hours at a time, but just, you know, you get the phone call and all of a sudden you're immersed in that phone call. You forget your, I mean, your whole train of thought is destroyed. And it so takes- then. A minimum of about 15 to 30 minutes, depending on the individual, to get mm-hmm. back in your, your okay. real yeah. train of thought. Right. Separated from it. Yeah. And, you, and in this job, you, you never know how much you're going to, how much time you're going to have. And, you know, it's literally like, like, you know, sitting in a retail store waiting for people to walk in the door, you know. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's been my challenge. And that's been, you know, what I've been yeah. working with them on. Yeah, which is a good thing, like, because the company that I'm, you know, working for now, they don't have any SOPs, and it's my job to do SOPs, and my company owns multiple pool companies. It's not just one, mm-hmm. and so they're taking, you know, my SOP and, um, you know, because they have different across the states, and so they're kind of implementing, you know, for their areas, and I'm just like, okay, well, I don't know these other companies, so I'm going to implement it for mine. And then you can change it how, you know, however you need it for your, for yours. So it's, it's, SOPs are great, but they're so time consuming. Yeah. And they change, course, you know, you got to keep, you got to keep updating. Revisions. Yeah. You got to yeah, have revisions as you grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you grow. So like my SOPs on, the, you know, the front, like the second or third page, it says, you know, revision date or created date, the revision numbers, you know, I have, I make little um, blocks in the actual paperwork. So we know exactly when the revisions were done, when we implemented, you know, on the revision section, what did we implement for that revision? Like, why was it necessary? What changed? You know, stuff like that. So, because it's it's needed. You know, you got to be able to see growth process too. Right. So, next question, ladies. What can you do to get better clients for your employer? Sometimes this may not really refer, you know, like Kristen, this really wouldn't refer to you because you can't really control that. But, you know, Aaron being a manager, you know, still you're going to get, you know, the neighbor across the street. So if we think that they're like a Karen, would you accept them as an employee or or not an employee, but, you know, as a customer or would you not? Um, (laughs) That's a good question. Um, 
personally don't, I have yet to have a real experience where I've based anything on a client's personality. Um, I'm more focused on their condition of their pool and their equipment. That tells me a lot about the person and whether or not they're going to be someone that I want to tend, you know, service their, right. their stuff. So, um, right now what I've been focusing, um, for the company for my owner is I've been trying to, to work because the industry here, they, they've, they're so it's so saturated that they've like competed themselves almost out of a business. So I was shocked at the, the, the numbers, you know, like what you charge for service here and, and whatnot. So I've been pushing just to kind of get these higher end clients so that we can do, I always just say quality over quantity. I'd rather, you know, do less amounts of houses, but have like clients who are willing to pay for the service that they're going to get. And then it's my job to make sure that they get the service that we're, we're saying you're paying for at that price. Yeah. But so, um, sometimes those kind of clients can be very, very particular and they, and you know, they are, they're the harder, <laughs> they're actually harder to work for most of the time. Their expectations are much higher because they know that they're paying more and they know that yeah. they're, you know, they don't, uh, you know, that you don't want to lose them. So they kind of push you sometimes. But, you know, I just tell the guys, like, um, well, something I explained to a couple of the employees is like, you know, it's it's because of the industry where you send these guys out and they're just supposed to do their job independently and no one's really following up on them. Um, I'm like, you know, basically you, you're stealing from, you know, if you're doing it directly, if you're working for that person directly you're stealing straight from them but then like you're stealing from your boss if you just don't do your job so you just have these basic things you have to do just show up do all of the emotions check everything and it's simple you're in and out and that client's happy they're getting the service they want it's it makes your job easier in the long run too servicing pools when you make shortcuts you're really hurting yourself because when you come back it's just going to be harder to deal with. Like you're yeah. going to have more unbalanced pool or like the filtration, you didn't clean the filter. So now your pool didn't circulate, your chemicals didn't stay. So with the guys that I've gotten to um, train that were new in the company, like that was just stuff I really drilled in their head was like, you know, you just, and I base are like, when I work with an employee, like I just, I'm like, okay, they have integrity. They're a good one. Like, cause you have to have that to be in this industry and, and do a good job and like keep your job. So, um, that's why I'm targeting like those clients more. So that's what I'm doing to try to like get him, um, the higher end accounts, not necessarily like better clients, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so next question, how has being a woman affected you in this industry? Um, well, it's been good and bad. So, um, here in the company I work for now, we have more of a dress code, um, collared shirts and shoes and all that. But when I was on the island, I got to wear my bathing suit. You know, I'd wear shorts and a bikini top. And, um, I think it helps me keep my clientele for quite some time. I've had <laughs> for like the whole 18 years and they've treated me really well. And, uh, the wives don't seem to mind that the husbands come out to check on the pool when I'm there. So there was like the upside on that end. Um, the downside is always the, when, when repairs are necessary, you know, they're like, so when's the repair guy coming? And I'm like, I'm here. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, no, I would, I would get that a lot too. And, and even 
when I was doing remodeling sales, you know, I would get a lead and I would call and I say, um, you know, I'd like to make an appointment. Okay. Well, when he comes out, do you think he could do, you know, and I'm like, mm, you know, I'm the one coming out and, um, you know, and they go, Oh, okay. Okay. And yeah, it's the assumption that just because you're, you know, female calling them that you're the secretary or the appointment setter, or, mm-hmm. you know, that you're just, you know, um, you know, oh, the get, are you, are you the owner's wife? Like right. I'm, I'm automatically his yeah. wife. That's why I'm out there. Yeah. 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 It's just the typical like woman stuff, but, um, but, you know, I think over the years, cause I've been in a more like almost 90% of my jobs have been more in the man's industry. So it's been something I've been dealing with since I was like 15, but I've definitely yeah. seen like, more openness towards women doing stuff. And I think a lot of uh, men and women have realized that women pay closer attention to detail. They're cleaner. You know, they usually get um, a little bit better quality work when a woman shows up. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that as well. And the other thing that I've heard quite a bit was that, gee, my dog doesn't bark at you, but he always barks at the guy that comes in. Yeah, you know, because we come in, we're softer, we are softer voices, and we, you know, um, and so we're we disarm, you know, that a little bit. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I heard that quite a bit. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. For us, it's so funny. Like when Chris and I go out together, they always direct to him. Yes, he, you get like it's that like you don't you're not there anymore. It's always icon directly to yeah. the main. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So and then my and my husband would be like, Well, she's the CPO instructor. She's you know, she's the <laughs> chemical expert and you really think you should be talking to her. So mm-hmm. he does the same thing. He he just measures and I'm, you know, talking with the homeowner. Now the, he, hubby blows me out of the water when it comes to repairs, hands down, definitely. But you know, I blow him out of the water when it comes to remodels and to chemistry. And so, you know, we we each have our strengths and he is mm-hmm. so much better at dealing with pissed off clients than I am. I mean, I can deal with it, you know, no problem. <laughs> But he is like that really soft spoken and still firm, but still like de-escalates the situation. And me, I'm a firecracker. I'll escalate with you. So it's like, you know, each we each have our good good things about it. So what do you hate or dislike rather about your current position? Current position or the industry itself? Current position as an employee. Or you can do industry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll I'll do industry. I mean, I just I you know I think that there's a certain um, amount of uh, attraction by people who just think that they can get into this job and just skate. You know, um, and I, and I'm, I'm talking like you know doing pool service and then pool repairs and stuff, and you know just kind of oh you know I can show up in shorts and I can you know do whatever hours I want and and uh, um, you know they they don't take the business seriously and it is a serious business i mean we're dealing with chemicals and electricity and hydraulics and you know and um you know open gates and um i mean there's a lot of stuff that is very very dangerous that we're dealing with and when they just kind of just ah that's no big deal i can just you know i can have cal hypo in my truck with but you know the trichlor and it's no big deal you know and they don't really take care of what you know the the severity of the injuries or death that they can cause by not doing the right thing um you know not fixing something correctly i've had it suggested oh yeah if you're if the fuse isn't working just go ahead and wrap some 
um, some uh, uh, copper wire around it and just put it back in. I'm like, the luxury tape. Fuse there for a reason. You know, it's a safety feature. So if also cost a dollar, go get the fuse. Yes, go get the fuse. And I've I've traveled. I've I've driven two hours to get a fuse and back. You know, because that's the right thing to do. So I think that you rolling know, off of that comment was kind of where I was like, uh, not taking the industry seriously is also like the fact that they like lowball the how much yeah. you get paid to do the job, yep. and that's why you get yep. these kids out here they're like oh yeah. I'm just gonna clean pools you know and mm-hmm. you know it's not terrible money but it's also I just feel like it's the pay rate isn't taken as high of a level of what the job really right. is right so, yeah when we were in Southern yeah. California it was very very much like that and you know the those high-end clients that you were talking about Aaron you know they treat me like I should be cleaning their toilet you know, oh, and, yeah. you know, and it's just like I, I, I'm you know I explain things this is what happened this is what I got to do and it's like can you just, can you fix it? Can you just fix it? Yeah. I just want it to look right. That's yeah. all I want. Yeah. I have a big party this weekend. In April, yes. so. Those are the best ones. They wait yeah. till Thursday or Friday to call right. and they expect it. So like what we did, cause we, you know, we have those clients like in Dallas, our weekly service in Dallas, it started at two fifty and went up to like four fifty. Wow. whenever we did it. And that was, that was four years ago. That was my four years ago. Correct. That was for monthly, but that was for weekly cleaning. Yes. That's what we charged a month. For the month. Yeah. Yeah. So because, and I know it's partly because it's tourism and they're making money, but like our weekly is like 150 and I was charging a hundred without chemicals and making my homeowners buy their chemicals. So just a hundred dollars for labor. Yeah. But I also take the time to explain to my clients, the seriousness of the job and like what it takes and, you know, right. to do it all as one person, I have to know the plumbing. I have to know the electrical. I have to understand the entire pool, the chemistry. So that's why it costs so much. And also yeah. you're going to call me on a random Thursday and say, ah, the pool's not on. So that's also yeah. why it costs so much. Cause I'll come out there and look at it included. Mm-hmm. Then if there's an issue, then you're paying for that. Right. Well, we did emergency services. So we incorporated two things for us. We did a, a video slash text message where if you didn't want to pay for a service call, like our service fee is $200 an hour. So if you don't want to pay the $200 an hour, you sign up for what we call the video text message technician plan, where you could schedule a time with a technician while you're at your house. Um, and it had to be within reasonable times, like up to 6 p.m., you know, give time to people to get home. We give them an extra hour or so. It's 7 for some of them. It depends on what technician it was. Like if it was Chris or I, we would do it up to 7 p.m. If it was my employees, it would be up to 6 p.m. Where they would pay a monthly fee of, you know, 200 bucks for the month. And they got up to four questions where they get an hour each. So they have four hours for that month for that $200 to go over anything, you know, with you to teach you how to do the valve, to teach you how to put the filter back together. I don't care if it wasn't electrical where you need to, if it wasn't something you need a license for, right, we would teach you it over the phone. And that became really popular because it was either that or you would be charged an emergency service call for us, which was $500 for me to roll a truck after hours. And that didn't include the repair. That didn't include the parts. That didn't include none of that. That's just, just to get, show up. just yeah. to show up with 500 bucks. You will and, not find that here in this area. No, no. And I and right. noticed that this area is completely, but, you know, I, and I get it that this area is super far behind on certain stuff because a lot of retirees are here as well. 
And so their budget here is not where it is on retirees, you know, on other areas as well. But we also don't have that many. I mean, we have retirees too in Dallas, but not nearly as amount as it is here. Yeah. And it, I think, it, it, you know, the pricing comes down to the, the market. I mean, even so when I was in Southern California, I was in Beverly Hills and Bel Air and Brentwood and all those, you know, really, I mean, million, multi-million dollar houses. Yeah. But there was a certain level that, you know, there was so many companies out there charging $45 a month for service, $45 a month. That doesn't even cover gas, employee tax. I know. Payroll, it's like, I don't know, how they, it. I don't know how they do it. And Chemical. so, you know, it was a struggle for us to get 150. You know, usually it was, and I mean, this was going back probably about six or seven years, but, you know, and, and they, you know, if you told them it was, you know, $500 to, to run a truck, they'd be just forget it. I mean, this, I remember going on this one sales call that he says, you know, I shouldn't have to pay labor. If I, my light bulb is out, I shouldn't have to pay labor. You're already here. Like, okay, but there's also the, you know. I allotted 20 <laughs> minutes to be here, not two hours. Well, and not only that, but it's like, I, you know, it took me five years to get to this point where I can, you know, do these things. And, you know, so it's not just the amount of time it takes. It's the amount of education and the time that you've invested in the industry and your profession that, you you know, you got to know, you know, what to take out and what, you know, and what bulb to put in there and, and all those things. So, you know, there's a lot more than just the time it takes to change it. Agreeable. So last question, ladies. What is your why? Why do you keep going in this industry? <laughs> and why are you still loving it? Mine is pretty simple. I I love the instant gratification that I usually get from turning a pool or repairing a pool um, just even cleaning a pool, like it's instant gratification, like within 20 to 30 minutes, I'm like, look at what I did, <laughs> you know? So, and, and just being the outside, um, having the freedom more, you know, you're not in an atmosphere where your, your boss is right behind you 24 seven. Um, so there's like a lot of perks to the industry. The, the downfall is when the weather's poor and you're still expected to be out there and, you know, it's blowing 25 miles and, and raining or it's freezing outside or whatever, but um, you get to meet new people all the time. You, every day is a little different. You never know what you're going to run into. Um, I would say out of all, of all the occupations I had, I've just always really loved cleaning pools. Like it's just, you know, I get to listen to music uh, when I'm not having to deal with clients. And I think that that's just always been one of the upsides to it. So keeps me drawn in and then there's just stuff to learn constantly um I really like learning things so yeah there's a lot to learn something something I didn't know that I learned a new trick of the trade you know so that's that's why I'm still here and 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 I think for me it's you know because I've invested so much in this industry and because you know I know so many different aspects of you know, of pools, you know, the construction, the, the service, the, you know, the new technology that's coming out and it's constantly building, building, building. Um, and, and I just still love, you know, just pools. I mean, like I said, I'm a swimmer. I've always been a swimmer and, you know, it's, it's a luxury item for most people and people have happy feelings about the pool. They don't have happy feelings about, 
you know, the transmission in the car that they've got to spend $600 on. But, you know, they'll put LED lights in the pool and it's like, look, it turns the colors, you know, and it's just kind of like a, you know, it's a reward that they get for, for working hard, um, you know, and it's just, it is a bit on the casual side, the business itself, but there's still also the professionalism that goes behind it. So, um, you know, and I just, I, I still love this industry even after 30 years. That's just, you know, just do like it. I like the people in it. I think that's one of the things too, is like you, I like, I like uh, seeing my customers happy. Like when I leave or them mm-hmm. saying, you know, this is the best my pools look, you know, and um, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So it is it's, it's, typically most of the time people are pretty happy. It's not a business where you get a lot of like grapes. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I always say it's, you know, it's not rocket science, but it's just, it's diligence and, you know, and, you know, like you said before, you know, attention to detail and uh, just the little things that can make a huge difference. 100%. Because, I mean, as everybody, we want our customers to be happy. We want them to keep coming back. We want them to to like our service and to value our service and not devalue it and to stand out from Joe Blow down the street, you know. And so we have to separate ourselves from that in general. Mm-hmm. So, well, ladies, thank you so much. Is there anything you want to add to the podcast before we break? No, I had a good time talking pools with you guys. Yeah, same here. Well, thanks for joining. And listeners, thanks for listening. If there's something you want us to discuss or talk about or you have questions or comments free to these ladies on the podcast, feel free to email us or shoot it below on your Spotify or Apple or whatever you're listening on, and we'll be happy to address it. Until next week, we'll holler at you later. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 